everybody, I'm Jimmy Deep. I'm Brad Churchwell. And I'm Farhan Galani. Two phones, two two names. What are you, a drug dealer, Brian? Yeah, what's going on, man? You got a side hustle going on? Like... You got two phones going <laughs> I feel like your one cover story. One for personal, one for yeah, pleasure. Yeah, your cover story isn't quite landing. You got two names. Yeah. You got two phones. Yeah. You go to Red Deer every other week. I I don't go to Red Deer. You just the rumor <laughs> is you go to you That's go to Red Deer story. every other week. <laughs> you we sound very professional. Um, Do you sound amazing? It does sound professional, professional. except for the oh, baby, plastic. I love your way. Every day. That's how I start each podcast. <laughs> That's how every podcast starts. <clears throat> you gotta thank your sponsors. We're oh, not no. quite there yet, <laughs> Hennessy. Uh, you don't know you're sponsoring us yet, Hennessy, but soon. we'll keep drinking yep. until you do. Brian sponsored us with waters. Yep. Thank yeah. you for the water like, sponsor today, Brian. Nestle Pure Life. Brian. We have guests coming on this podcast, and we have nothing for them. We are just <laughs> pathetic. Last time we got burgers. That's true, but that's just because you were hungry. <laughs> how do you how do you pronounce your last name? Doichinovich. Doichinovich. So I always say doi like the Y instead of the J, and then chin, and then ovich. Doichinovich. Doichinovich. Perfect. So why is your Facebook name not? You know like what? Hey, so. So, uh, Brian is just what I've been going by since grade one, but my Serbian name is Branimir. So I just, Brian Branimir. It's like, you know, what's nice is because Google searches everything. So I have a business Facebook page, Brian Dojcinovic, but like none of my personal stuff, if you put Brian Dojcinovic, none of my Facebook photos or any of that Uh. shit comes up. I just, I hate how they catalog and disseminate and use all that. For like everything, I'd rather just, you know, if you search my name, my LinkedIn profile comes up. Me being on the Calgary Combative Sports Commission comes up. Right. Uh, a poker oh, tournament I landed on a database and that yeah, comes yeah. up. <laughs> but I'd rather keep like my personal stuff. It's just, yeah. I changed it. And then it's funny because a few years later, then you never see any of that stuff come up in Google searches. So nice. it just like, yeah. Oh, but I turned it off. Ooh. Ooh. That's a podcast no-no. That is a no-no. <laughs> Why are we started? Well, let me just... Jimmy always likes to press record and not... Unexpectedly. Just, and not tell anybody. Bam. Just try to get the real raw. Just try to get the real, yeah. the real deal. The full meal deal. All right. Sorry, what was your... What, what, what name is on your Facebook thing again? So my uh, English name and my Serbian name. So... Brian Branimir. Oh, Brian. Yeah. So, like, when people search Brian Doisinovic on Google, you're going to get my LinkedIn. You're going to get, uh, like, me playing Kusa <clears throat> soccer. You're going to get some of that stuff. But then, like, with my personal stuff, I just keep mm. it. Yeah. You're living a double life. Yeah, double yeah. life. Yeah. You got a second family somewhere? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> That's why you always go to Red Deer yeah. every other week. Red Deer. <laughs> <laughs> single mom close. capital. Isn't that the single mom capital of uh, Alberta? Is it? I don't know. Someone Is used it? to joke about that, and I'm like, maybe. I should go visit. <laughs> Could be. Well, somebody should clarify this and confirm it for us, but I heard uh, Airdrie was a swingers town. I don't do swinging. Like... 
officially? Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard Wednesday nights, if you leave your garage door halfway open oh, or geez. quarter way open or something, that's an invitation for really? you to pop in. That's what I've heard. From multiple, from multiple, <laughs> multiple people. <laughs> it, but what if you just leave it open, but you're just sitting there by yourself? Well, you might be in for a surprise. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. So you're going to be looking at rentals and checking must-have garage. <laughs> <laughs> On Wednesday nights, you said? I don't know, man. That's the fear. That's the... You uh, know, that's one of those urban myths. That's I a think. myth, yeah. Like, that was... Uh, that's similar to if you have a red door, then you're signaling that you're part of the swinger community. Huh. We have a red door, but we're definitely not part of that community. Well, until the day... That you are? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, honey? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this noise is, and it's driving me fucking bonkers. That are little... you uh, back to work? Yeah. I've been working. I don't know, but... like, is the branches and everything open? Uh, re- minimal hours. So I've been um, just working from home. So branches were, like, 9 to 3, then 10 to 2, and then they were kind of telling us to... Just if we don't need to go in, don't go in. Yeah. They've made things a little bit more flexible with signing, like for our know your customer. So, um, yeah, I do everything from home basically, and I've had customers drop off some documents to me. I don't have to pick them up, but uh, has it slowed down? Yeah, a little bit, but I'm still making it work. Oh, I sounded a little more clear there. No, I pulled you. Uh... I pulled it down, but I just I want to fix this thing before we, we have pull. a technical di- difficulty. A little. Oh, technical difficulty. Yeah, Jiggy's troubleshooting it. Frequency. It might be. Uh, possibly. Why don't we? Who's got a phone on? I got two. I'm gonna put them on silent. Off. Should we turn them off? Yeah, turn let's try it. Just turning it off for like an hour. Yeah. For real. For real, <laughs> bro. Sorry, world. I'll be back in an hour. I know everybody's getting anxiety right yeah. now. Look at Barnes' face. <laughs> what? Like I thought you were joking. Good thing I was gonna. My phone was gonna die. Anyway. <laughs> Save that battery. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that fixed. Two phones, two two names. What are you a drug dealer, Brian? Yeah, what's going on, man? You got a side hustle going on. Like... You got two phones going. <laughs> I feel like your cover one for story. Personal, one for yeah. pleasure. Yeah, your cover story isn't quite landing. You got two names. <laughs> yeah. You got two phones. Yeah. You go to Red Deer every other week. I I don't go to Red Deer. You just the rumor is you go to you <laughs> go to Red Deer every other week. <laughs> Does your main family know about the truck you just bought? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise around in a blacked out Denali. Tinted windows. Oh man. Was that what you just purchased? That's sweet. I saw it just the when I went outside. It's gangster nice. all over, written all over him. That's what a Serbian get. mobster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us today, Brian. Thank you for having me. Um, this is episode seven, right? Yes. Episode seven. We've talked about a lot of stuff so far, I feel. Lucky number it's seven. Always, always good to connect with business owners. People who are in business for themselves. And um, I'm going to try to stay away from naming any names with regards to banking and whatnot. So we're going to try to avoid all that, yeah. It's going to be hard. 
That is going to be hard. Now it's in my head. It's totally in my head uh, now. Is it? Uh, oh, man. What was, the purpose? what was the reason for that? They don't like it. Yeah, they don't like it. Oh. Yeah. So just kind of brand care stuff. Huh. That's interesting. That is interesting. Hey, Brian, can you move your mic just a little bit closer? Yeah, buddy. You, you can move it closer. You don't need to sit closer. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. That's perfect. So how'd you get into this business? This business that we're not going to name. How did I get the name of in, the company? <laughs> how did I get into the Can mortgage business? Can we name business? generally what the business is? Yeah, the mortgage yeah, business. Generally, okay. the mortgage business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went from oil and gas uh, when all the layoffs were happening. Wait, where, I, where were you at before? Like, ConocoPhillips. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. What, what, what were you doing there? Uh, accounting, business process improvement, finance. HR org development, uh, a bunch of random stuff. Just, uh, uh, yeah. So I was there for almost a decade, uh, a few other accounting jobs before that. And then in 2015, as the economy started going down, you saw the light. Well, like, <laughs> I, I was basically shown the light. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had to kind of reinvent myself. I had bought a second property. Um, had just gotten laid off and three young kids at home so what can you do in an oil and gas town like calgary where you can kind of leverage your skill set and provide for your family so uh, i looked at my options and i've always been good with numbers and that's how i started exploring the the mortgage uh, mm. industry and that's how i uh, um, got involved in december 2015 so it's almost five <clears throat> years now i've been doing mortgages mm. And you have a you have a brother that's in the industry as well. Yes, that, that I assume had some level of impact on you. A little bit. I've seen him uh, be a realtor. I think fifteen years now. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to do the same thing. I wanted to do something that was complementary, but also on my own because everything that I've done has been on my own. Um, so I found all my other jobs, um, you know, by myself. I used my own experience uh, and got myself in there. And same thing with uh, the mortgage industry. And uh, yeah, but it definitely did help. Um, I don't want to say he was a guinea pig for me, but, uh, you know, the first few deals I did with him and uh, then I was on my way. But the industry, the mortgage industry is different. Like you don't, you didn't have to do uh, RICO licensing. No, if you, if you work for a bank, um, I think you're uh, protected by the bank act or something. So you can basically uh, learn the ropes and then do it that way uh, with their training program and whatnot. But if you're a mortgage broker, um, I think you have to do all the RECA stuff that you would as a realtor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Isn't that interesting? They do the same thing, but yet the requirements, your, are, the requirements totally different. are different. Right. The pay scales are different, all that stuff. Oh, everything right? is different. Yeah. Compensation structure is different. Yep. Everything. Yep. Uh, I remember you uh, telling us a story about getting into this and then you got into rentals and then you had a, a yeah. rental property. Yeah. Do you, I, have, ha, do you still have any rentals? No. Rentals? No, I sold uh, uh, the one extra property I had uh, back in December yeah. and then I moved into my rental. Why'd you do that? I uh, just wanted to downsize. I had a rough year last year with my dad's passing, mm-hmm. and uh, I just wanted to take a lot of stuff off my shoulders. And one of the things was uh, didn't want to kind of be in the rental game anymore. So I sold um, 
my primary residence moved into my other property, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Isn't that interesting? Everybody thinks that a strategy to get into real estate investment and development and all that other stuff is to, uh, one of the strategies to buy rental properties, right? You want to build a portfolio, and I mean, the numbers look great. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea behind it all looks great. You know, you buy a property, you, you have tenants in there, and they'll pay for your mortgage. And in 20 years, you have your property paid off. But nobody talks about the fucking in-between shit. The- that you that's the theoretical. With, you know what I mean? Like, I, I used to do rental and property management. And it's just, after a while, you just, every phone call was a was a problem phone call. They're not going to call you to say, hey, Brian, yeah, love the place. I'm living here. I'm enjoying the backyard. I was thinking of paying you for, more next month. Yeah. What do you What do you think of that? Calling you for rent reduction. Calling you for a backed up. Fix this. Uh, yeah. Toilets. All sorts of shit. What was your horror story? Oh, my horror story? It was uh, I basically put somebody in uh, right before I got laid off. And then that person didn't pay rent for three months. And then tried blowing up my house and framing me, and then it took. <laughs> Don't just you yeah. just gloss over that. Yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah, I tried to blow up yeah, my house. Yeah, it's a full hour story, but I'm not going to get into all of that. But basically, I had to do a lot of back and forth with RTDRS, mm-hmm. the Residential Tenancy Dispute Resolution Service. Um, after having gone through that experience and talked to some civil enforcement agency people, I wouldn't go through that again. I would go straight to Court of Queen's Bench and deal with the process that way. Um, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of back and forth and I finally was able to get it all taken care of once I got it to Court of Queen's Bench. But you know, you're still in the hole and that was before I made even any new money while I was learning and getting into the new business. Mm-hmm. And the mortgage side, um, I had someone that didn't pay rent for three months and. Uh, I'd say it cost me between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars, like with the repairs I had to do, the missed rent and everything, until I got the next person <clears> in there. The dude legit tried to blow up your house. Yeah, well, there was two severe gas leaks. That, Quote unquote, air quote severe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, it was actually severe, but it wasn't. Yeah, and an I, accidental severe. Yeah, gas it's leak. like two severe gas leaks happened <laughs> as he went for. Um, uh, a night out on New Year's Eve. Yeah. On December 17th, I had given him his 14-day notice, which was going to come on January 1st. But I got a phone call to come to the property January 1st because there was um, an issue with the home. And then Atco Gas was there, uh, fire chief uh, and fire trucks were there, police were there um, until, uh, yeah, it was a long story, figuring out what had happened. At your, this is your home? The rental, rental, the rental, yeah. And then um, it ended up just... Uh, yeah, just a few things uh, ended up happening where, you know, we were able to seal the leaks. Um, and then he stayed there until the end of the month because I had to get um, in front of RTDRS to get an order to get him evicted formally because everything was being done by the book. And um, yeah, so I didn't get him out until January 31st. Um, but. You know, the house, there was a few holes in the walls. I had to repair a few things. It wasn't um, too crazy, but just the accumulation of the cross costs and then the mm. process, yeah. it was just a nightmare. And then, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things because, like, you know, do you keep sinking money into something that you're not going to get anything out of? Um, like, and what's the point? It's like, learn my lesson. That was my first tenant get way better with assessing people right. and uh you know do the 
do everything the background checks that you need to it's almost better to keep the place vacant next month until you get the oh, perfect 100%. person in there that will respect the place take care of the place even if you're making a little bit of less money on the monthly rent it's better over the long term so i had uh three good tenants after that overall that uh no issues paid rent mowed the lawn kept it clean and um was ready for me to move into it when i wanted to when i sold my place so it's interesting because uh, i'm curious how people are dealing with all the stuff now with covid 19 and the pandemic mm -hmm. because um you know with the rent relief with the missed rents with how do you handle it well look even the last five years of tax increases you're lowering your what you can get for rent your costs are increasing um so yeah so a lot of that stuff too just even pre-march when the pandemic started hitting its peak um, I just, I almost, I didn't want to fight that battle anymore. Maybe eventually I will again, but just for right now, just I want mm -hmm. to focus on family, career, and, you know, I'll come back, recalibrate, sure. and see what's next. Awesome. We met, um, I was just thinking about this. We met you through Tony, yeah? Mm -hmm. Is that how we met? Yes. We uh, met. Like well, we were introduced to you through Tony, or did we meet you before no, we met I, Tony? Well, I think it was through Brad. And through another realtor. Is it Brad? Yeah. Well, it no was shit. through. Uh, yeah. And then. Maybe you'll know this better than me. How, <laughs> how did we meet? Well, it was through that. You guys, I yeah, think, yeah. gave me uh, a good uh, uh, a good plug to Jimmy and Farhan. And then I had asked You were to working see... with Brian before? Yeah. Well, I met Brian through Dela. Yeah. And we introduced you guys. Oh, shit. I took... I... Don't remember that I at all. I know it. No clue. Interesting. Yeah, and then oh, I think we met once or twice at that uh, the Calgary Co-op on McLeod Trailer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I remember. Went, yeah. Let me tell you something, man. Remember we were driving down. <laughs> me and Varn were like swearing the entire way. <laughs> like fucking shit. We have to drive this far to go up to meet these guys. <laughs> he should come to us. <laughs> No, it, 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 it usually it wouldn't even be a problem. Like we we drive to meet all the time, but it was like there was something that happened to us that morning, and we were just like running late. It just, it just threw us off. It just threw us off, and we're driving down, and we're just like, fuck. And that's just not our neck of the woods. Oh yeah, you guys are north guys. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're cruising down, and we're like, ah oh, shit, man. Like I'm gonna take fucking time, half an hour to drive down here, and then of course you know business is business. You. Get out the car. You're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was. That was uh, on McLeod, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Um, when we were allowed to shake hands. When we. Yeah. Way yeah. back when. Yeah, way back yeah, when. Way back when. And then, uh, and then we, uh, yeah, and then we we uh, got to know each other fairly well. I think the. Um, it's so important to have like uh, matching personalities. I find, especially yeah. with when you're working with um, vendors and especially in our business you know like we have people knocking on the doors wanting in-house offices and stuff all the time but then you kind of meet them once or or twice and you're like this this ain't gonna work um it, 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 this like, is for all the comes down to it's a you podcast i can are. say whatever i want that's right, right. you but, know who you are but you, you know who you are <laughs> but you guys kind of know right with all the business coaching that happens in like every industry right like oh. everyone tells you like these are the templates to follow these are the things that you gotta hit uh same thing on my side right like you know if you want to grow your uh, business you look at your pieces of the pie where are you getting your referral sources and one of it like outside of realtors well 
how do I get in with an in-house, right? What's the cost? What's the benefit? How does it work, right? Because there's, what's the stat? There's like 5,000 realtors in Calgary? 5,600. Yeah. Yeah. So assuming with all the brokerages and, you know, there's all varying age and demographics and types of people, um, yeah, I think it makes a big difference when you're able to find people that you click with, um, have similar interests with, and then... um, you know, you show each other what uh, you're worth, and then it just starts growing from there. Yeah, well, here's the, it's not like it's not that you don't. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that we don't get along with, right? But mm-hmm. um, y- you want to build that relationship that's a win-win for both parties, you know. Yep. And we've built a certain culture in our office, and uh, we, you know, over the years, you get to know okay, what's going to work and what's not going to work. You know, some people build a very, very, very successful business on being very aggressive. And, you know, reaching out, follow up, follow up, follow up. Um, nothing wrong with that at all. But I don't think that that, uh, that type of personality or the type of business uh, or type of lead generation would do well in our business or in, in our particular office with the culture. Nothing wrong with it. It's just, mm-hmm. not, it's just like... It's not the right fit. It's not the yeah. right fit, right? Yeah. Um, I hate those people. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with it, but I fucking hate those people. You know, I've gotten better at saying no to just people. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about this before, but like a lot of people just... Before, I used to be, yes, yes, sure. I'll take that meeting. Yeah. I will... Uh, yeah, what's your time, time worth now though, right? But then, you know, over the years, you have to know to say, no, not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and I, I think if you deliver in the right way, um, it's, it, it doesn't come off offensive or anything. No. Because you, know? you can't control how other people well, have lived their life and how they're going to perceive because, it. What? The, uh, Jimmy doesn't have empathy that way. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> he thinks he's coming across like, I delivered pretty good, but they're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> So what? The best is when so what? No, the best is when someone is parking in the parking lot in your old space, and then Jimmy has to handle it. Oh, oh yeah. Depending on the Yo, day. There, depending on the day, but most days, it it irks me really, really bad. Yeah. Is Jimmy gets like this wicked satisfaction to tow the car? Yeah. He's kind of like but, Conor McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Get that car out of here. Well, there, there are times when I'm standing in the kitchen looking out past everything and into the parking lot. And you're like, who the fuck is that guy parking in park? You know, and I, I narrowed it down. And over the years, I have narrowed it down to the fact that I would never do that myself. And I think I told you guys this yeah. before. Because I would never do that myself. What like then oh, yeah, I feel like conversation. yeah then I feel like somebody else is jacking me if they're parking on private property and just see I'm the I'm the total opposite I would never call the parking see and that party. makes sense though yeah because you pull that shit because you do that all the time see and I think and I, so you're more comfortable with it I think there's also an element that that opportunity is a potential outlet to. You know, because there's a lot of times in business and even personal life where you kind of got to bite your tongue and go along and like, yes, and mm, okay, well, I don't don't agree with that, but okay. And then somebody comes that shouldn't be parking in our parking lot and it's be like, (laughs) fuck, I got all this pent up 
direction. <laughs> I'm going to take it on this guy. Well, well, car. Hey, buddy. Jimmy, yeah. what, what was the event a couple of years ago? I think, was it like we hosted a UFC watching or whatever, yeah. remember? Yeah. And I think it was like uh, in the fall, but the parking lot was full. Like, because we invited oh, a bunch of people, yeah, remember? That's right. But it was because it was Studio Bell. No, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and poker. it was Studio Bell. Yeah, we did the Johnny Walker tasting right. and all that stuff. That's right. And then Studio Bell was hosting a Christmas party or something like that. So the the bellhop or whatever the valet the people, valet guys. yeah, they were like, Fucking I got assholes. there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we got it. we got it approved with the owners. I'm like, oh really? Okay. Okay. So what happened was we had an event going on at about. <laughs> they were telling me that like when seven, I got there early. It was yeah. like seven p.m. or something that we had a start event, right? Right. Yeah. So I show up, Farhan shows up, and uh, you you were there too. Yeah, and prepping, I pulled yeah. into the parking lot. I was like, "Holy shit, am I late to this thing, I, dude?" So we got fifty par- we fifty two parking stalls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had fifty two parking stalls, and that's a pretty big lot. Yeah. And we pull in, and everybody was there, or all all the spots were full, and I'm like, "Whoa, I'm I'm late." I walk in, there's nobody inside. Because we didn't have anywhere to park. Because <laughs> we we had nowhere to park, and we're like, "Who the fuck are these guys parking in our parking lot?" And uh, <laughs> I wanted to tow them all because it was going to be hilarious. So, and but then I, Brian was it, like, yo, 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 yo. Hold on. Let me go check the, the studio bell. And, uh, that would have been intense. That would have made the news. Yeah. Well, so I told those guys, I said, hey, listen, I'm friends with the owner and he has no clue what you guys are doing right now. And he said, if these aren't gone in 10 minutes, he's getting tow trucks and they're all getting towed. They looked at each other and they're like, almost crapped themselves <laughs> so they i think ran. yeah well so i brought the one guy to talk to you and yeah. you were you put some fear in them too and they were literally like okay we'll get that figured out but they because, were like like scrounging they were well think about it right because if they were going to use the lot over there they probably had to pay to like put in that gravel lot that's beside mm-hmm. studio bell right mm-hmm. but hey extra 10 bucks per car in our pocket if we're putting them in irealty's lot man see that shit so do you me. think they were t- uh pocketing that Potentially, I, I don't know. Potentially, so. yeah, because they would have had to park it somewhere, right? And they would have to pay for that, and it would have came out of their valet parking. Should have just taken ninety percent. But the thing is, we had a thing going on. Yeah, it was night, after though. six o'clock, yeah. so street parking was free, also. Yeah. So I think that's where they moved it. I think yeah. they moved it onto the streets. It's like, why didn't they do that in the first place? Because actually, it sounded. They couldn't it, move that. It many looked to the really. Street. It did, looked did really you? funky. I remember when I pulled in, all the cars were backed in. So they like all of them were they were backed in. None of them were driven straight. You know what I mean? Like you back into the stall. All of them were like that. I'm like, whoa, look, everybody backed into the stall. Show parking. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> hey, is that was side conversation. But you guys were touching on just like you know how compatibility and all that stuff works. And I was gonna make a joke to Farhan here. I'm like, doesn't Farhan when you guys do exit interviews always have the best exit interviews? <laughs> Wait, oh, for like for agents? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were just talking compatibility, and I was like, oh, okay, I was going to throw a little <laughs> joke for hands way. Well, how come I don't understand that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure which ones you're referencing. I know you had a You had a couple of couple. conversations with some other people, especially our staff members, too, when we let them go. I usually let Farhan take the lead on that. Oh. I'm not, not the lead. lead. Yeah. He gets, gets me to do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, it was such a such a tactic he used to use. Oh, I'm going to take this. And he's gone. Right? And I'm like, it even happened when we had a previous business partner. That's the first time he ever did it. It was our greatest conversation, like greatest phone call to negotiate this move to the 11th half space. 
And this, this guy, guy left. Did you make that, that right, right away? And then oh, the conference was done after like seven, eight minutes. And he's like, she comes in. He's like, oh, you're done? Said no, I, I probably got a phone call for real. This guy <laughs> thinks I'm fucking it's been ditching very coincidental out. Over the past ten years, <laughs> every time. The only time I didn't allow him to do that was one time because it was his hire. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Who was that? Chris. Oh yeah. That one was <laughs> Jimmy. <had to> handle <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's actually what happens. <laughs> well. I don't know if that actually happens. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to derail the conversation. <laughs> um, I remember, uh, when was it that we went to Vegas? Uh, we did that, I think, at twice. A while ago? Where you were in the scooter and I was with the broken ankle? That was one trip, right? Yeah. That was the same trip? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, you know what? I did two of the R4s. I went by myself, used it as a... Sorry, honey, I got to go. It's business. I got to interact with no, my realtors. I, I wasn't in the I was on the scooter the second time. I remember. I don't think we met each other in the second time, did we? Did we? Did we run into each other? Did we? On the scooter? Well, yeah, because you guys had the extra Backstreet Boy tickets, and you're like, you want to come? Oh, great! Mark that down. We have to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, definitely got to <laughs> leave that in there. <laughs> the hell you came to that Backstreet yeah. Boys concert? I said no fifty times. He's like, don't worry, I'm just gonna buy you tickets. This just come, it's gonna be awesome. And I'm like, you've only seen it once. Last time he was there. <laughs> Okay, so he's like, no way, man. I'm not fucking going to Backstreet Boys. I'm not going to Backstreet Boys. I got a video of him sitting in there. If you were a single he's person like going to that, you would have been like, like, there's no better place to be on that night in Vegas, right? Just with the well, age demographic. Like, it was. That was yeah. the same time. You, you were there, too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was, like, with the, the fractured ankle in the boot. Right. And you were getting us, like, VIP with, just through that, like, <laughs> special <laughs> way with your scooter. With my scooter, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Remember the gout attack? And that scooter got us in, like... That was the worst. That was the worst. He was at a vulnerable state where these two fellas came and conned him, sold him their rap music CDs. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking, I'm like walking behind him, texting, and I see him giving money. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and when we played that music at the office. It was bad. It was, it was horrible. Bad. Yo, and I, and imagine that from a dude that like will never say yes to anything of that sort. I was just cruising on the scooter, and I'm sitting. <laughs> and these guys are coming and they're like, hey, you want to listen to my CD? You want to listen to my CD? And I'm just cruising along and they're tall. He's so like, sure. I'm in like this vulnerable state. <laughs> fucking on a little scooter, power scooter. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Here's, here's $20. I so once it hit, I think you were just doing things you normally wouldn't do, right? Because you, weren't you on like a super vegetarian diet? You weren't touching meat. And then once yeah. we got to Vegas, it was like a few drinks were flowing. A little bit of the meat was flowing. And then yeah. the gout attack, yeah, which and caused the I, scooter. Right? Yeah, That's how I got the gout attack. That was a bad one. That was a super bad one. <laughs> but that wasn't the trip that we had. Uh... Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, why... Why were you trying to convince him to go to Backstreet Boys? How did, how did Backstreet Boys come into play? All I found out was like, there was an extra ticket, and I oh, said, "Sure, I, uh, yeah, that's me." <laughs> that's the kind so of stuff Jimmy who, does. Who came? Who 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 was there? Me. It was me. Anne was with us, and uh, oh, Anne and was me. Anne's sister was there. So was so when we, no. So when we bought the ticket, I just bought two extra tickets. 
Yeah. But the other thing and was I'm like, oh, we can get rid of I'm this. I'm still no trying problem. to figure out. No, the, the like, why you're buying that. <laughs> I was gonna scalp no, them out. I was like, like, like Jim, somebody's coming thing? with me. Like, Jimmy, the allure was it was their first residency show in Vegas. Mm. Right. That was mm -hmm. the thing that was. I remember you mentioning that, and it's like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. The first time they're in Vegas, that was and you the got first time they're in Vegas. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Planet Hollywood, I think, and it was well, there. Sorry. First... <laughs> well, shit, you enjoyed yourself, didn't you? Well, it wasn't that. I wasn't the one it's singing. It's not that I mind bashing boys. It's the fact of being in Vegas and going to that concert. I didn't care to do that in Vegas. <laughs> Dude, we had a blast. Okay, I, yeah. I I'm tracks, tracks, yeah. But I'm forced to be there. I'm not going to be sitting there moping the whole time. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> I heard this song 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I remember the, the words. <laughs> I always like to hit a concert or something over there. Something more Sweet. than just. You went to Boys to Men, then he went back again the second time. Went to Boys to Men twice. Yes, yeah. correct. It was cheap the second time. Tickets were like $40. The ticks for less. and the yeah. Vegas, though. I already saw That's the cool. show. It was a different show. <laughs> but, but guys, the way I saw Vegas here when I was there in March as the pandemic was going, I've never seen it so eerily quiet. Literally, so when I went in March to California and then Las Vegas with the family, we had a whole trip planned from last year. And we were there as things were shutting down. We did Disneyland Monday and Tuesday, and then on Wednesday they announced it's shutting down on Thursday. And it's mm -hmm. not opened up. We were going to Palm Springs for the big Indian Wells tennis tournament. As we're driving, we hear it was all canceled. Okay, so we're there for a few days, pretty much at uh, West End at 20% capacity, right? From there, then we drove to Vegas because we were going to be there for the last three nights, four days, and fly back. As we get there, my brothers, everyone's like, you know what? They're saying they're going to shut the border down. You guys got to get back as soon as possible. So I'm like, shit, we drove from Palm Springs to Las Vegas. I got to find flights to get back, right? Because if we're stuck... Like, shit, we're stuck. So uh, they wanted to reroute me to like San Fran, Dallas, take 10 hours to get back. I said, no, we got direct flights on Tuesday. We're just going to kind of lounge around, sit by the pool and uh, just go back three days from now. So that was when they were starting to shut down all of Vegas. Like nobody knew what was going on. Crowds were going down. And then they announced, I think on the Monday, that Tuesday, everything was closed at all MGM resorts. So Caesars still had like some of the stuff open. They closed down a few days later. So we were checking out on the Tuesday. Literally all the bars were empty. All the VLTs were shut off. Nothing wow. but the Starbucks was open at the uh, Mirage. And you saw all that, eh? And then so, so literally there was just people at the, the check-in checkout place. That was it. Everything else was closed. Lights were off. Damn. So then we get there. That's weird. Yeah. So, but, so the Tuesday we were leaving, St. Patrick's Day. So, like, this is a busy day in right. Las Vegas. Uh, and we get, I get everything loaded up in the minivan rental. And I'm like, let's go on the strip uh, a little bit longer way to get to the airport. Let's just see what it's like. It was, like, eerily quiet, like, dead quiet. Like, you saw maybe three, four people with their St. Patrick's Day green stuff on. And they were, like, literally, literally. So where did everybody go? It just uh, they they were canceling the conventions. People yeah. were getting shuttled to Caesars Resorts if they wanted to stay during the week. Yeah. But they were shut by the end of the week. Oh. So I literally went up the whole script. It was like dead. Just like no people. The colors and the signs yeah. and everything still working. That'd be but tricky, I, man. And so I was in Vegas. I think one of the R4s that I went with, was it the one I went with you guys or mm -hmm. probably one I went by myself? Uh, it was right after those shootings that happened in Mandalay Bay. 
it was like not even three to six months mm -hmm. after that mm -hmm. happened mm -hmm. and that was super quiet like that killed the economy in right. vegas um but this was a different quiet like literally everything shut down like zombie apocalypse basically yeah, yeah yeah that so, must be super weird I've never seen it like that in some place like Vegas that I've been to 10 times. It some place that's packed 24-7. All the time. And Known they, for it just yeah. being lively. It's it's like, you know, when you see in a movie, they pay big bucks and shut down like yeah. Times Square in yeah. New York for whatever yeah. the movie, yeah. how it fits. Yeah. But seeing that in real life would be kind of, that'd be trippy. It was, yeah. And we got back a few days before they officially shut uh, the border down. We isolated for 14 days. But that's what I will say is thankful about my job and probably, uh, you know, what's good about your guys' job is being able to work remotely without it really interrupting your business, right? So for me, I've been able to do, you know, policies have tightened up, but um, I'm still able to do 100% of what I used to do before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got a great assistant. I got a great home office set up. Policies have tightened, but people are still getting uh, financing for homes. And, uh, yeah, what the business is still moving in, 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 during this time. I mean, yeah, the sale, the sale numbers went down like quite a bit in, um, March, but it bounced back pretty decently. So yeah. Far. Like down 70%, but now it's like down 30%. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. And it's interesting when you segmentize the market, right. At the different price points, like probably 300 to 600 is the most active because it's what people can afford. Right. Mm -hmm. But anything above that, it starts creeping down. Um, I'm assuming what the real resale numbers are, right? Yeah, I think we're over a thousand solds last month, which is, you know, not quite where we usually are, but uh, it's it's coming back. You know, I think the uh, fallout of this isn't going to show itself until a few months later. You know, where the hell are we getting all the money to pay for this shit? You know, taxes is going to go up for sure. Um, yeah, like it's scary when you hear rumors of nine or ten percent GST. Like, how is this going to get funded? Mm -hmm. Like, it's we're not quite sure. <laughs> I don't pay that. But it's too <laughs> <laughs> stealing. That's the <laughs> But like, when you think of downtown vacancy rates, twenty-five, thirty percent vacancy before COVID. Now, when well, people are realizing, are screwed. But now that they can realize that they can work from home, it's not even the businesses that have their employees downtown. Think of all the uh, second level food courts and the shops and mm -hmm. like, you know, I love Calgary born and raised here, but we have a pretty um, quiet nightlife in our downtown core, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, compared to Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. So, you know, what kept it going was people, you know, uh, the people that live and work down there. So it's, um, I'm curious to see how all this stuff pans out now and what we're going to see hopefully to stimulate the economy, right? The small business people want to get back to work, but how do you balance that with uh, all the information and some misinformation that's out there with uh, regards to how we do it? I just, yeah, I'm I'm just curious how summer is going to play out for me with three young kids, right? Uh, that's been the extra mm -hmm. uh, dynamic part of this, right? How, all how, how old is your youngest? Uh, six. So there's six, eight, okay. nine. So grade four, grade three, and grade one. Right. So um, there's been a lot of effort. Like so literally they haven't been in school since beginning of March because we went yeah. on the mm -hmm. trip. So um, a lot of homeschooling. Like you don't want them to fall behind on their reading, mm -hmm. uh, their math, their arithmetic, and all that other stuff, right? Their creativity. So, um, you know, with my wife's business in Okotoks, uh, she's been shut in for three and a half months, just started up again, right? 
Um, so she's been able to, I'd say, do 80, 90% of the workload. I'm kind of the, the useless IT guy that gets the webcam going for the kids' Zoom meetings and stuff like that and helping when I can. But, you know, I've been able to still keep working on my end uh, and it's trying to find that balance, right? You know, and that's where some of my concerns are is, you know, the the kids' development, right? With the different interactions and different expectations. And, you know, now we go into summer and we'll find out August 1st how school is going to become September. Yeah, what's school going to look like? I mean, we're in a very similar situation, Brian, as you know, with like three kids relatively the same age. Yeah. And uh, like that's, that's what we're starting to wonder. What's September going to look like? Like we... We think we have a plan to carry us through the summer, but I mean, I don't know about homeschooling next year. And yeah. there's no guarantee that schools are going to be open what? come fall. Really? Yeah. I thought they're going to open for sure. No. Uh, no. So what? So that so I've heard like in Vancouver, yeah, me they've too. already opened up a couple of weeks ago. They mm-hmm. I saw something yesterday the day before, 2 weeks open and they haven't had any um there's always the different terminology with the transmission and cases, but they haven't uh, seen anything because of the schools being open for two weeks in oh. BC. So I'm curious how that's going to play out here. Like I know they've sent surveys. I've filled out surveys. Yeah. Um, I, I but for sure. between us, I'm more a fan of the old normal than the new normal. But mm-hmm. um, with regards to kids and how they interact and stuff like that, that's where I'm Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface that yeah, with a little comment. But. I think they are planning to open, but what remains to be determined is in what capacity. So they've been talking about alternating days, oh, right. uh, all okay. kinds of different things yeah, that yeah. would massively throw you know, screwballs at, at parents everywhere that are working. Well, yeah. Like how, do you, how are they supposed to do their work when if the kids, uh, one set of kids... Like, and I think us having three kids are probably impacted more than the average person, just because what if your grade three year is supposed to go to school on Tuesday and Thursdays and your grade one and four are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Who's going to be home? Who, thankfully I can work from home right now and I can, you know, like balance some of that stuff out. Yeah. Not everybody has that luxury. Exactly. Right. So how's that going to work for people? Are they going to do half days? So uh, are they going to do half the size of classes and then half days? So then you mm-hmm. balance it knowing, okay, my kid, uh, my kids are all nine to 12 and, or one to four. Well, and even for Abby, our youngest, she's, she has another year left of, of daycare and they've opened up, but they have very strict rules. If you're show any, like if you, if your kid's sniffling, they have, they're going to get sent home. Like, I don't know if anybody who's had a kid go through daycare, they're all sniffling all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, so how is that going to, how is that going to work? Mm-hmm. It, it, like, I understand the, the reason behind it, but it's not a practical approach because like every, our th- all three of our kids went through daycare and the whole time they were in daycare, they were, you know, it was a ne- never ending cold basically. Yeah. yeah. So I got a question for you guys. You mentioned that, um you brought your kids out of school before that vacation yeah in yeah. beginning of march right it before was just it shut down yeah just because of how we had planned it right yeah so like i remember when i was going through school i would net like there were a couple of kids even in grade three probably like grade three or, or whatever where they came back to school after the summer they came back to school maybe a week later than everybody else or 
during spring break, they took an extra week because they were just on vacation, their parents. And keep in mind, I mean, I, I went to, the, to, to school in the hood, so uh, not a, it didn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. But there were some kids that got the luxury of going on vacation. And they came back and they said, and then they're like for an extra week. And for me, missing a school, a day of school was like, hell no, that's not <laughs> happening. Like <laughs> that was just. Were you the oldest? No, I was the youngest. Okay. But like, it was just, I, I was just brought up that um, my parents would never take, like, I mean, we, we, we didn't get the luxury of going uh, to different places uh, to travel far or Disneyland or anything like that. Yeah. Right? So Grace, I remember there's some kid. There's a uh, one of the uh, kids there. He took an extra week because his parents took him to Disneyland. And I was like, "What? You <laughs> you can do that during like, school? During school time? <laughs> what the hell?" But then you look back and you're like, "Have you been to Disneyland now?" No, I haven't. Holy shit. I have not been to Disneyland. Go to I, Disney World. Bypass Disneyland. I've been there 18 times. So, so Jimmy, <laughs> I, I was exactly the same way growing up. Yeah. We didn't do any of those types year. of trips. But I think now that I'm able to, um, you know, give my kids more right. with these kind of things than I was able to get mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a little bit of a treat. So yeah. it's like growing up, I grew up in the hood as well. Yeah, I think we were almost neighbors in yeah. elementary. Well, I was a so hold on, I just want to confirm. I was Rundle growing up in elementary. Fonda. Fonda, okay. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't yeah, kidding. That's right. Fonda. Where were you? Whitehorn. Whitehorn. Okay. Yeah. So like I but like as but even when I was like as a kid, I didn't want to miss a week of school. But that that were... caused like a little bit of like a anxiety anxiety for me. It's like That's oh, your personality. Well, though. It's like why like I'm gonna have to catch up on homework. I'm not gonna get to see my friends. Um, that you know who's that gonna whole tell on the other kids in class? No. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna beat up the other kids? <laughs> um, but but now that you know, looking back, I wouldn't think twice about doing that. I'd pull my kid out of school. Oh, yeah. To go oh, on vacation. I pulled out kids, my yeah. little guy, so many times. And the thing is, they're not going to remember the seven days of social studies. Mm-hmm. But they will remember the vacation you pulled them out of school for. Yeah. No, for sure. So that that kind of changed a little bit because now you go through the system and you're like, okay, well, yeah, a week of social studies isn't going to make or break your life. But and as a kid, I felt you, like... You could catch up on the work. You yeah. know, I felt like that that would have really put me behind. So I don't know. I don't know. I think there's too many questions. <laughs> that was just a question of that has like, like, I mean, you obviously do it, right? Like that's not, the, the week isn't going to be an issue. And it was Brad, more. Yeah. Oh, that, no, we've done it in the past and we'll do it again. I mean, yeah. it's a little different when they get into high school and it's a little more serious. So their, right. their marks right. matter for the next level yeah. and, and it's easier to fall behind. Yeah. But, and this was more of a once in a lifetime kind of trip we were yeah. planning since the fall. Cause my wife had a conference in San Francisco mm-hmm. that was going to be like um it was something i wanted to piggyback on right yeah so she was gonna have to spend the money for a hotel anyways and be down there and i thought you know what might as well make a memory worthy trip out of it and i have some family that's in uh, southern california so i thought you know what see them once a decade so it's like do your trip we're gonna explore i ended up working a lot more than i wanted to but um you know, uh, we were able to see uh, a lot of different sites, the pier, Golden Gate Bridge. We did the drive down to Anaheim 
for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't do that drive again, but I can That's a hard drive, man. Yeah, it is. And I took the scenic route yeah, along the ocean, not the like, highway oh, route. Oh, dude, I did that one time. It's good. That's it's, why it's an experience. You do no, it once, but it's never deep. again. <laughs> Fly I next got, time. From, from San Francisco down to LA, yeah. I've always hit the I-5, always. And then there's this one year I decided to, like as a family with my cousins and stuff, we were going to take the coastal route, Highway 1, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Um, one, it was dangerous as hell because it's winding through uh, the cliff side yeah. and there's no barriers. If you yeah. fall asleep on some parts, you're off the cliff. Like you're talking 200 meters down. <laughs> That's why you need your Red Bull. It gives oh, you wings. It's Plug. super dangerous. But like after a while, it's all the same. You yeah, got the ocean, you got the mountains, right? Yeah. And I couldn't do it anymore. It, it, I, you cut back into cut the back main into highway, highway exactly. and, and, and went down. It, it took me, it took us yeah. eight hours to get to LA Stress. when it should be taking six, six and right? a half. Yeah. But I don't know how the hell somebody does that trip up and down that entire coast. Like that's crazy. Well, you do me. it with like a convertible fancy car. Yeah, like if you a want a motorcycle yeah. to take your time. Not I with guess, three kids screaming in, in the back minivan. in a yeah. minivan. Uh, you guys should have rented a yeah, green station dangerous. wagon and done it. No, old you, school vacation style. You know what? I had the what's that Chrysler minivan or whatever. It ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. we could just stretch out, and I tethered my data so they can be on YouTube here. And that was there. a test run. You should have got that instead of the Denali. The truck? No, no. I need my truck. He needs to look like a Serbian mobster. Right. <laughs> right. I need my truck. I That's throw away up. a lot of shit. There's a lot of garbage. When I have a big family, so I gotta tow a lot of shit. I, I'm I'm thinking about this story that we had. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this maybe i have well let's hear but it remember maybe when I'll we know. were at um <laughs> one of the vegas trips we were at maybe the first one or the second one the one that i was not in a in a, a cart thing for but uh we were having dinner one night and i think we were in caesar's palace that restaurant i think it was caesar's there's a restaurant in there we were eating in there yeah yeah it was all of us yep was it was like a big table there yeah we're all twisted we're oh, dude it's twi- by the sport twisted. book yeah yeah it was by the sport <laughs> book or whatever yeah yeah yo <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. so that was all, yeah i think so we the did night chat before, about that yep <laughs> not like the night before you bought a uh, farm bought some uh, chocolate bar that was for like diabetics or something it was a thousand milligrams a thousand milligrams for 10 pieces oh, damn dude what? Three or four, and I was like, <laughs> he was done. He was done, and then I only ate a quarter. Yeah, maybe a little bit more, maybe a third of a little square piece. Yeah, and it you hit had three. Me. Well, you were four. weird. You had to go back to the room, and I thought it was just the meat and the oh, this dish. Is that when, was, this that, is when we just met. To react. Yeah. No, this is when we just met. Also, like this is our first trip. We went to, like, we weren't really like. You weren't tight, like yeah, we weren't yeah, tight, yeah. tight, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So we're all eating dinner and it hits me and I'm like, yeah, it hit everybody. And we're sitting there going, oh shit. And Brian, Brian didn't know, didn't know. No. And, and you so, were tight where you could be like, oh bro, I, I went too hard. No, on the edible. <laughs> you know, you know, the. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom and throw, throw up because it was, I was that. Yeah. You up. look pretty pale when you came back and so, I'm like, it's gotta be the meat. I'm He's introducing the meat back into his diet. I'm afraid that if I don't follow it. I'm going to get lost in Vegas. Like, I was like, where am I? Everything looked the same. So I was like, panicking. You guys should have went to a Cirque du Soleil show like that. Like, no, that was just way overboard. I yeah. went doing shit it that day. It felt like mushrooms. It was crazy. Like four, I was like, what the fuck? 
but we just poor Brian. We just like I mean that's like our first trip to get it's yeah, yeah. first trip to yeah. like a conference or whatever, and we you know we're still feeling Brian's each other like, out a little the bit. Fuck are these? And fools? we're having dinner. Yeah, and dude, assholes. <laughs> like I'm sit, I was sitting right yeah. across from you. Yeah, yeah. And it hit me, and I just couldn't talk to a point where whatever the hell you were talking about, I wasn't listening to you. Yeah, I know you weren't. You know, yeah, you yeah. know what I was doing? I could hear him talking, but I keep listening to the girls because I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm mute. So I'd be like, oh, yeah. like in my own world pretending to have a I don't even remember what I was like, saying. Scared. Imagine this, though. I was like, Jimmy's fucking, how do you understand anything? So ima- imagine Brian's talking. We're talking. Yeah. Actually, you're talking. <laughs> All I can think about is, what the fuck am I going to say next? <laughs> ask a question. Ask a question. Ask an open-ended question so we can carry this conversation on. And that's all I thought about in between our conversations. And then I think I, I busted a taxi home. Yeah, yeah. Back to the hotel but that after you, dinner. You know what's done. funny? My brothers make fun of me for like just talking. And I can start going and it's like my wife makes fun of me too because I'll start... Like, I know the end point of where I want to get to with a story, but there's, like, stops along the way, right? That <laughs> yeah. tie it all together. So I can yeah. only imagine if I was... I don't remember the story I was sharing, but if I was sharing one of those stories, yeah. you're, and you're, you were high as a kite. You're a highway, you're a highway <laughs> one that's, conversationalist. Exactly. That's actually exactly. a good uh, situation because you were doing all the talking. No, that was yeah, perfect, yeah. or else we would have been... And the thing is, it's like, if it was just... Uh, if it was just us or, like, if we're, like now I'd yeah. be, like... Yo. Yeah. But now I'm you wouldn't even need to talk to Yeah, now you're just like staring at each other. But yeah. you know you know what? I will give you guys I, uh, uh, a plug for that again, being an outsider looking into the real estate industry, that R four conference is a super cool way of seeing all the things that are available to you guys in your business. So mm-hmm. somebody it could be a home inspector, could be a mortgage broker, could be whatever. But if you really want to immerse yourself and add value to the realtors, going to one of these things, seeing the technologies like Boomtown and all the other things right. that are being pushed your guys' way for lead generation and optimization and things like that. Um, being able to see the best of the best that is presented at these R4 conferences that you know one realtor might use this system because of this reason or another might use that for another reason, right? It makes you aware of the industry and it gives you, um, you know, I met people from all over the world, right? But you get to see what's being kind of pushed on you guys as mm. the next best thing so that when I'm having conversations with different realtors, if they say, oh, you know what, I'm, you know, it's going to be a big year, I'm doing this and it's going to really uh, generate X amount of leads for me and I'm expecting to hit this target. Well, then I have a frame of reference that I can actually um, use and say, you know, I went to this conference, I actually saw these people or this person, at curator, or do you know what I mean? Like I can... Um, I can, can make, relate. I can relate and make conversation with people that, yeah, you know, I've done a little bit of research. I'm aware of what's going on in your industry, but then I'm able to time myself to be able to show how I can be a good key partner to you guys and vice so, versa. So that's, again, I don't want to jump too much into it. Those conferences are awesome. Like uh, you get to see everything that's out there all in one place. But then you'll also have the people that just come for the awards, the photo oh, op, yeah. and they're golfing and for four days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is what you make of it, right? Yeah. That's foreign right there. I don't know if he actually shows up to 
Anyway, there's one conference. There's we one. Have to buy a ticket for the write-off. There's one conference that we actually went to the opening ceremony and then the closing ceremony. I remember the first day we went to one, like, panel or whatever, uh, session. Just sitting there, quarter of the way through, it's like, fuck uh, this. Yeah. We tried. Well, what they were, what, like, what the speakers were teaching you were just things that. We were doing like ten years. Yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. You gotta pick and choose those things. <laughs> That's but then I was happened. on this whole. Yeah. But then I was on this whole thing about uh, the hell yes or no scenario. You know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You took my office. The yeah. the thing is still on there. It says hell yes or no, and I still uh, I still try to subscribe to that. Till is that this like day. Stone Cold Three Sixteen, but hell, like real estate no, version? It's like. All it's, in or no. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like if, if you need to ever make a decision, and maybe this is why Farn's saying that I am just have no empathy, which is not true, by the way. <laughs> My emotional intelligence and empathy is 200%. What do you throw in? Throw in lumping that in, too. Emotional intelligence, but not empathy. I empathize for people. Not fully. I don't know. But it sounds like a conversation I have with my wife. To except disagree. I'm on Jimmy's yeah. side and you're my wife first. <laughs> just quickly explain the Sorry, hell what? yes or no. Oh, the hell yes or yes, no. Please. So it's like anything that you need to make a decision on, um, taking a meeting, talking to somebody, meeting somebody, uh, doing, implementing something in your business, anything of that sort. It has to be 100% hell yes. That is... Uh, that is, that is hell yes, I'm going to yeah. do this because it's that amazing. It makes sense. Fully you, commit or you're just... Or, no. or it's going to be a no. And and so I've used it probably mostly on um, meetings and stuff. <laughs> you know? Hell yes or no, Farhan. Yeah. And, and that's taken... And it, that's given me a lot of time back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. is it... Because... Eliminate, eliminate the... Yeah, maybe let's try that. Yeah, 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 exactly. That. And I used to, and I used to um, try to be. I'm a pleaser, so I try to please people's requests all the time. Yep. And uh, you know, you gotta just have that. And it was just on my office wall to remind me. And then I think over the years, I kind of got. I don't know. Some things I can end conversations fairly quickly. Whereas I know Varn got stuck in other conversations. <laughs> I don't, know to, um, I don't know how to say, I gotta go back in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy does it like, wow, well. I was like, oh, I gotta go, bam, he's like, roll around out the door. Usually because Farn's still standing. <laughs> I'm like, what, you didn't follow my lead, bro, shit. <laughs> but no, I no, think but that's what the hell yes or no is. Well, you know what, time, and that's what I've realized. So uh, coming into this industry, uh, you kind of reap what you sow, you eat what you kill. You got to have a little bit of a hunting mentality, right? To be able to close business and <laughs> there we go. Fifty nine forty five. Got it down. I'll cut it out. That would do. No, I lost okay. my train of thought. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> what were we talking about? Hunting. Uh, oh, the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but how was I tying that in now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to reap what you sow, hunt what you, you cut, eat, what you hunt, cut, yeah, cut yeah, what, you eat. what you eat. Well, uh, talking whatever. about comparison industries, yeah, like. Uh, you know, I came from a more collaborative, continuous improvement mindset with the previous roles that I was doing. You know, you look at all, uh, you look at a process, you find the pain points, the opportunities, you take out what isn't working, you make it work better, you save time, you save money onto the next process or project, right? Uh, coming into this business, 
I've parlayed some of that with how I do things, and I feel like I do mm-hmm. things better than some of the other people. But um, yeah, but you, you're doing it all. You're now. That's probably one of the biggest changes is that you were a, a cog in the machine or the yep. wheel, yep. the big wheel. Yeah. But now you're the you are the cog. I, yeah. I, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. Like so. Um, Wait, you are yeah. the wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I'm one of the two. I, yeah, so you're back. We can. The wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like in this industry, like you guys understand, if you don't do it, it doesn't happen, right? Like yeah, you can. You oh, you guys have a business, you guys have a team and stuff. But when it's actually deal per deal transaction, as a realtor or mortgage advisor or whatnot, like you know, there's so many things that can happen. You got to come up with solutions. You got to find ways of getting stuff done, and. Um, that's going from being a in a corporate mindset where like you're part of uh the machine to having this entrepreneurial side it was a big shift like i had to change um just how i live a little bit because um i'm all about providing value and once i realized i wasn't selling i was providing value and i was able to do things a little bit um differently than what i thought i how i had to do it it just yeah i get you you get me. <laughs> I get you. But, um, well, dude, that was a great conversation. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. What are your, uh, well, before you guys cut it off, what are, like, I'm kind of curious, what are your one or two big goals this year in light of what's happened the first six months? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I have certain things I want to hit this year with targets for business and personal life, whatnot. But with you guys being in a transition from office space to this space and just things in the business, um, I'm just curious what some of your guys' big goals are for this year that you want to hit at least one. Well, I, sorry. I'll, no, you go ahead. I know for me, for, for as, you know, personal stuff aside, but yeah. for the business, I think my biggest goal is to help our team, us three, yeah. uh, really get the message out uh, to what we're doing, why we're doing it with the change, not only the office, but on a bigger scale, the fee structure, complete revamping of that. Yeah. And like, that's probably my number one focus is, is getting that message out there more broadly. We're changing our hours from 10 to 4. Uh, yeah. Jimmy yeah. was telling me that. Mm-hmm. That's like a, cool. a different way of uh, focusing on the time that you're spending of course. to, uh, you know, give you more time back, basically, and the people that work with you. Yeah, research says that you uh, are way more productive on a limited time schedule. The eight hour, apparently eight hours, they say that eight hours is not the most optimal time uh, for efficiency because you actually end up spending too much time uh, Dawdling. Yeah, doing other things. Yeah, yeah. And because mm. you can't, because nobody can actually focus um, that much time like you you can't be eight you can't be focused eight hours a day because then you'll be burnt out right? yeah so really Shit, i'd like to get down to eight hours a day <laughs> people's productivity <laughs> no but like you to watch your time I, like I'm actually yeah. actually being a hundred percent focused and efficient and doing what you're supposed to do yeah generally i think they were saying it's about a four hour a four hour stretch yeah. Yeah. and um so when you got eight hours what happens is uh, you get into work, you know you got a long day ahead of you. You know, it's, let's say, 8.30 a.m. Yeah. You get your coffee, you do a little bit of work, now you break your, you do two hours of work you or whatever. You pace yourself. Yeah. You break your workflow now and you go on a 15-minute break. 
Now it's going to take you time to get back into the groove. And then now you're going to do, um, and then you're going to do, are you sleeping over there? Oh, well, my eyes are open. <laughs> and then you break your workflow and then you come back, yep. right? Then you take, and then it takes time for you to get back into the yeah. groove. And then now it's lunch. Now you got an hour lunch. So now you're planning on doing what the, mm-hmm. whatever the hell you're doing. And then you come back, you got to get back into the groove again. Then you got to do your, um, then you got to get then you got a 15 minute break and it's just, it's very inefficient that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to add to that in our business, uh, the office hours are only part of hundred percent. Yep. And you know, if you're an agent, you're out with clients selling whatever, uh, on our side, we're, we're taking calls, we're writing emails fixing and problems. fixing problems and add that on top of a full eight hour day in the office it's it's a lot and what ends up happening is you know we all get personal lives and we all have responsibilities outside of work and you you run out of time and you try fitting that in throughout your day uh, your eight hour in office day and you're you're trying to do too many things because you can't keep up to what's going on outside of your office hours so if we condense that we should have a more singular focus for a shorter time, be more productive and have better, obviously, work-life balance as a result. And I think uh, the hard part, though, is because of what we both, what we all four do is very social, right? So if you kind of look at the transactional and analytical piece and then the social piece, sure. you know, if you're able to focus down those hours to really like do that piece, that's great because you narrow your focus and you get all those pieces done but i think to your point is there's a lot of social pieces where there's a lot of conversations before deals are all conditions waived or all these other things that happen in the business right so um that's where like for me because i'm only in this now almost five years right and i've constantly had to give up a lot of time to grow it to the point but now i'm trying to take some of that time back so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I purposely, like uh, in my home, I'll leave my phone after a certain time uh, just to give me time where I'm present with the kids or the wife or just even the yard work or, you know, stuff like that. So I completely uh, agree with what you guys are saying. Shorten the hours to be more focused, but it's kind of hard in both it's mostly, our well, jobs. It's mostly, for, <clears throat> it's mostly for the productivity of our staff too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the hours of the office, I don't think that's really going to change it's going to have some impact on us as sure. owners because, you know, when the office opens and when they close, it's different. But uh, and, and it kind of affects us that we have to be there and, and whatnot. But mostly for the staff, I think it'll be much more efficient um, because with a half-hour lunch, you know, we're expecting half-hour lunch and a six-hour workday. No more two lunches. Yeah, I'm you're coming in. We're moving next progression to lean and mean. Day week. Lean right. and mean. Week. Yeah, that's right. Figuratively and literally. I mean, hours-wise, it is a four-hour, four-hour, four. Monday to Thursday. Maybe, I don't What's know. What's that? Monday to Thursday, 10 to 4. Oh, you're adding the four-day work week piece. No, no, that's, well. that's what he's striving, oh, that's what he's striving to. That's phase two. No, but, um, that's phase two. <laughs> going back to what you're at, I mean, we got a lot of goals this year. I mean, we got a new website we're launching for our, nice. web, for our uh, Remax site. We got uh, a move that's coming up, right? Are you guys on we target with the attraction recruiting. of the agents? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that's very interested. I mean, some heavy hitters out there. I think we're getting... Uh, we, we, we got a little stuck with the whole COVID thing because mm-hmm. we, killed built early momentum. Momentum. Yeah. we built some momentum and then we had to like delay it. 
but uh, now it's coming back. And so that's our goal this year, you know, just to get the move, get a new structure in place, build this new new location. It's a new it's a new um, strategy. It's a new place. It's a new uh, workflow. Um, that's going to take up a shit ton of time. So can we talk about it? Have you guys um, started? I don't want to say you have you guys changed the industry, but because of what you guys were doing is kind of going with the times and how um, things are changing in North America. But with, say, the Remax Western Canada side of things and doing this new innovative way uh, for fees and what you guys offer as a brokerage, um, what have you guys felt since you guys put that out there? Maybe that's an offline conversation, or maybe oh, that wow. I'm just getting a lot of flat from the other. Yeah, a lot of resistance. Brokers and owners. Yeah, you know we're all independently owned and yeah. operated, right? Exactly. So we, we we set our own processes, our own procedures, our own fee structure. Yeah. And um, I mean, we were the first office to uh, build out a renov- a completely renovated office, the way, the one that was on Ninth Avenue there, and then a lot of offices I felt after that. Um, had to, to had to do yeah. it. Had to follow suit. Yeah. It, I think it went. What are those? What are those fools doing? And then fast forward, you know, several years later, and they've yeah, all they, done everybody it. Everybody does it. So Which worked. It's kind of awesome the same thing right now. As soon as they progress in that direction, we just got to changing it. We've already to... pivoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, they're playing What's that football right? term? What's that football term when you pivot? Is that what it is? That's you pivot. Pivot. Yeah. That's basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's a sport. Yeah. I guess sports. a jolt. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah like a pivot. It's like, like a yeah. quick flip around. That's right. Yeah. Kind of like Ross Geller. Yeah, pivot. Uh, the, pivot. When they're moving the yeah, coach up the stairs. Uh, I, got I got it, man. So we're... Uh, pivot. So, you know, I think uh, it took us a long time to, to come to that. but Well, yeah, you guys have had some pretty innovative ideas since I've known you about, you know, the matchmaking system and other things. That's that, coming. That's coming. That's yeah. the website we're launching. That's in about a week. Yeah. 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 A week. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Nice. Two years. <laughs> so it'll work out. I mean, there's just, we're doing a lot of things and hopefully that would push the industry forward because mm-hmm. there's just no reason why I think the agents yeah. are still paying the amount that they're paying, you know. Yeah. Well, what do you guys see as competition then to you guys? Because uh, to me, this looks Ourselves. very attractive. Well, no, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. But it, everybody's got a good thing. We don't feel that there's competition in that way. It's just if it's the right fit. Yeah. Yeah. Then it will. Because we're not going to appeal to a lot of agents out there. We know that, right? Um, a certain type of individual or whatever that they're seeking. We have to have diversity in, in our in our business too farhan you gotta be more serious so (laughs) some people some some people (laughs) you know some some brokers like to show up uh, in suits on their days off yeah you know um and those brokers (laughs) you know and uh we don't i'll show up on shorts and t-shirts full suits suits for a zoom zoom yeah i was in a silk robe <laughs> the Versace, uh, the Versace one with like the gold. No word of a lie. No, the guy was sitting on his couch. Farm was sitting on his couch in a silk robe. A in dragon. The, silk in the robe. in the regional Western. Canada. It was awesome. <laughs> Broker owner meeting. No, I mean, the, and Jimmy's right. Like, That's all, did you screen cap that? That would have been awesome. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. Part of like, if you do a yearbook every year. Nah, okay. Yearbook. <laughs> we we uh, we don't really look at the other brokerages as 
competition so much because it's those guys are going to do what they want to do yeah. and uh yeah we're going to do what we want to do and as much as we might not be the right fit for a lot of agents a lot of agents aren't the right fit for our office as well we didn't uh, change our pricing fee structure to compete with the other offices no. we we changed it because we felt that it was a fit for us yeah and, and that's where yeah. that's where it's headed and again i i mean i always like the analogy that I want to be the guy at the other end holding the door open for those that are late arriving rather than being the one knocking on the door because I was late arriving. Yeah, fair enough. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way of looking at it. And it's tough. I mean, it what we're great. doing, a lot of people can't, a lot of brokers out there can't do it. Say they, that again? Uh, what we're doing, a lot of brokerages out there are not in a position to actually do it um, because they don't have the flexibility to do uh, what we've done so far. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's more just an archaic personality? Is it systems? Is it processes? It's is part it of that. Part of it is, um, you know, we talked about this in an earlier podcast that there's like whenever there's a challenge or an objection to rising or co high costs of fees and rising costs of operating as an agent mm -hmm. and they're presented to a, a broker um, as an objection to paying, you know, that you know, 1500 mark or yep. whatever yep. that the, we were sitting in on a zoom call and there was a, a senior guy with the organization from, but he was American. You could tell just the content that he was saying his, that whole mindset is just different than ours. Cause they're, they're about kind of deflecting that and don't worry about what you pay in your office fees, worry about what you earn when you're out there, your focus is wrong. Yeah, but that's not that's a shitty answer. You're not addressing the question, and whereas we can do what we're doing and give more more funding for tools to succeed. Exactly. Basically, like if we're if we're half the cost of other Remax brokerages, you know, what are you going to do with that savings? Exactly. Right. You, you guys provide the branding. You guys provide the broker knowledge that these guys. Um, need and utilize um, to get their stuff done but uh, yeah what that can go a long way with lead generation mm -hmm. and their bottom line yeah that's our next uh, we always got to be I don't know what the next one is but this is this is the direction that I think the industry has to go in the next few years and so we best probably get there first exactly no that's a good uh, good way mm -hmm. of putting lead it the way. what about you uh, you know what? Well, major goals. Major goals. Um, I'm looking to be uh, top 15 Canada with uh, the bank I represent um, for funded volume. And what was I, the name of that bank again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm also looking. Uh, you know what? I'm looking. I, tell you. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, I'm just finding ways of improving the process, right? So um, you got to work within a box, right? Uh, and you still got to get stuff done. So how do you, within what's in within your control, make it a better process, so a more seamless process, a more time efficient process? How do you make the experience better for your customer within the constraints of you know what you're able to work with, right? We're we're dealing with we're back to historical low interest rates, right? That's a plus. But with the COVID pandemic, policies have tightened. 
people are looking at income verification with much more scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Were you temporarily laid off because of COVID? All these different things. CBHC. Affect, yeah. Well, and then you got the other lenders, Canada yeah. Guarantee, that aren't following suit. Yeah. So it can be business as usual. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, for me, the way I've partnered with different people, when I look at my pieces of the pie and the people, that, there's only 24 hours in a day. So who do you interact with? Who do you like working with? Um, and what value can you bring them to help them grow their business, which in turn then grows my business. So those are the things that I focus on, what's within my control. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff outside of all of our control, but when I look at things that I can control, I can control on the the value of information I give people. Um, You know, asking the right questions because I'm not just gonna put somebody in a product because I'm just putting them in a product, right? I want to find out where they're going to be two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And then based on those questions that I ask, are they looking to save money, save time? Are they looking, well, you know what, this is just for now, but they probably want to have two more kids in the next couple of years. So what do they want to do with that existing property? Do they want to rent it uh, and then buy another one to kind of build overall wealth equity? Um, do they want portability with their mortgage so that they don't pay a payout penalty? You know, what are the values of the people that I deal with and how do I provide them value where they feel that, you know what, thank you for that information and they make the informed decision. I don't, I don't sell them on a decision. I give them options. Option A, B, and C based if, on the information that they've give given them information me. Information. Exactly. With to the make a decision. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that one of the other things I like to do is I don't ever just say no. I like to explain. If there is a no, I like to explain it. He thinks your shit sucks. <laughs> what no. shit sucks? No, oh, yes. Part, no, no, <laughs> no. Part of, but again, if I'm just, I don't want to say, so I got, let me think about that for a sec. I don't want to say I'm just numbered driven and i want to get no but that's fair because i don't want to say hell yes or no part of me wants to uh but i also want to say well here's the reason for the no but here's the option b and c no you're like hell yes or no but yeah but here's option (laughs) b or c i don't know if it applies to what he's talking about no no it doesn't because you guys run a team of uh x amount of agents for me I'm working for myself and the clients I represent, right? So you guys are like, you guys also do the real estate side, but also the brokerage side. For me, it's me and the clients. So you guys have to look at it from two different lenses where I'm looking at it from one lens, right? So I just, I like to give clients the option. And I'd say it's a blessing and a curse because I find I don't, I push things to the end as far as I can take things when it's for the client's interest that eats up a lot of time so then that delays other things that i could have done that much quicker yeah so yeah. i'm trying to find the right balance mm-hmm. but then there's that, that quality over quantity aspect too and and in the end you win out if you provide quality exactly of, i mean at the end of the day quantity at the end of the day it's extremely important to think inside the box what yeah think inside the box it doesn't work for me don't lift me in the box <laughs> do you know why why because while everybody else is thinking outside the box, no, guess what? Everybody's thinking the, inside box the box is empty. Yeah. The box. <laughs> and you've fucking locked your keys Quote inside that. the box. <laughs> locked your keys inside. Quote that from <laughs> Phil Dunphy. Nice. Oh, okay. Think inside Quote the box. I don't know I heard that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brian. Thank you for yeah, having thanks, me. Brian. This Excellent. is uh, Excellent. Chat. fun. We took this conversation a few different ways, but uh, hey, that's what it's for. We didn't even talk poker next time. Next time. Next time. Next time.